I'm Dr. Ben Rall. Do you know where the most amazing doctor lives? You may be surprised to learn that it's actually right inside of you. Yet, today's healthcare model is built on a foundation that the greatest doctor instead comes in the form of pills, potions, lotions, even surgery. So listen in, because what if the majority of what you have been told about health and healing is not only wrong, but actually harmful to you? One thing is for sure, when you work with your body and not against it, you'll begin to discover that you are in fact designed to heal. We want to welcome everybody. Ben, why don't you introduce our guest today? I, I will. And I, you know, I'm, I'm honored to introduce our guest. And by the time you hear this, uh, most of the world has heard of our guest. And um, she's a, a nurse who, again, through all this COVID, um, took it up, you know, really put her, her neck out there, her career out there. Uh, many people would say even more than that, as she went undercover at kind of the epicenter of the epicenter in the COVID at Elmhurst Hospital in New York City. And she's going to speak about that. But, and Aaron, thank you for being here. Welcome to the show. And thank you guys yeah, so much for having me and I, letting me tell my story. Absolutely. I, I was la not laughing. I was just reminiscing, you know, a, a couple of years ago, whenever it was, when I believe I first met you at an event up in Tallahassee when we were um, speaking about the, you know, the vaccine laws they were trying to change in, in Florida at the time. And I, I don't think anybody, <laughs> I don't think you would have thought, you know, th uh, this time we would be here talking about this, right? And <laughs> no. yeah, right. I mean, we were just at that time, I was like, hey, just a good, sunny, sunny, beautiful day. And it was, and, you know, and, and fighting for rights. But I think that what you've done, I was talking with my wife uh, today, this morning, who's an attorney, and we're just talking about your story. And she said, you know, you know, she's got her family and she's got her kids. Like, why did she do this? And the reason I even, and when and I say this, I just really want you to share your heart because I think a lot of people look at your story and say, it's kind of like you decided to make your life a, a mess for a little bit. And, and I know you didn't take that lightly and you, 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 you know, you counted the costs, but I want our listeners to hear your heart on why you flew to New York, why you went undercover, why you're doing this. Yeah, it's, it sounds absolutely crazy to anybody that yeah. <laughs> it, it is. And it is. Um, but it's a long story, but sure. originally, you know, a lot of us here, I'm in, I'm in, you know, it's right outside of Tampa. Uh, we were these nurses and other healthcare professionals were furloughed, you know, from work. And we, you know, were trying to find hours and we were kind of floating around the hospital and cross training. And so during a health pandemic, you're yeah. <laughs> as a, as a, as a highly qualified nurse, I mean, you're, I know you've been in the game for a long time, so you weren't low, low, low rung. You're going, how am I in a health pandemic? Uh, you know, yeah. yet I'm getting laid off. And that there. made me start questioning it. I'm like, what is going on? Like, what is going on in New York? Like, why are they being so hit? You know, in other states, like, was it Michigan? And, right. you know, and, and we didn't have anything. I mean, we were, we were, our hospital was like crickets, you know? And I had this opportunity. Uh, I actually searched for, an, you know, a travel nursing position. I'm like, listen, if they need help, then I'm going to go work. <laughs> you know, like I will, I want to go help. I want to go help people if that's the case. And I want to know what's going on. 
You know, like what is going on? Yeah. If it's, and, is it as bad as they say? Is it not? I mean, I think we're all asking that, right? I mean, yeah. It's a, and you're just, your spirit is just to question and to get into that. So it's a re, yeah, it's a, I think a, now many might not be willing to go to the degree that you went, but I mean, I think it makes sense. I'm not working. I got a family to take care of. I, you know, I'm a nurse. I might as well use my degree in the middle of a health crisis. And so you, you get involved with a, a you get placed. Is that how it works? Yeah. So this agency that I went through, it's called Crucial Staffing, and they were funded by FEMA. So um, they brought in tons of nurses, thousands of nurses. So I got through, it was a really weird process too, because we had to like call um, a phone number uh, over and over and over. It took me like three weeks just to get through. And they would just take the first 400 and then they would tell them, all right, you have two days to get here, come, come in. So it was very weird. I thought that was really strange because they're not even like really looking at what kind of nurse they're bringing in. They just brought, if you're a nurse, you're good enough. Come on in, Okay. come work. So I thought that, I mean, I think that was part of the problem too, is um, the type of nurses that they were bringing in. We had a school nurse um, in the ICU. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's just, yeah, no, yeah. Nothing that against that. Crazy. Yeah. Right. We, but in this you're, to your point, right. If I need surgery, uh, you know, I don't want out of my heart. I don't want a, you know, podiatrist to do that. I'm just exactly. lo- logic. Yeah. And I get that they were overwhelmed in that, but that kind of, that kind of hurt, you know, the situation and I'll get to that, but I finally got through. Um, and they said, you got two days to get here, pack my bags, kiss my kids and family goodbye. And got on a plane and um, got there, got into my hotel, and we were sitting. I sat there with nothing to do for three days while I was getting paid. And I was like, that was like kind of my first red flag. Like, why am I sitting here? <laughs> if we are uh, in people, this people pandemic. People don't know this about you. You know, they, they know you. If they know you, they will. But you were in the military before. And so um, a part of your career as a veteran. And so you, um, <laughs> get dropped off. If it's a war zone and you get dropped off right. in the war zone, I was not in the military. I'm just imagining you kind of get to work stuff to do. Yeah. We're in a war. I got dropped off in a war zone. I was in Iraq and it was immediately we're in, you know, mop gear with our yeah. gas masks and we're looking for, you know, I mean, it's immediate, you know, it's just like, that is what you're going to do. So you're in a posh hotel in New York city, uh, you know, right away from your family yeah. and your kids thinking I'm coming here. Cause we're in the epicenter. Hey, put me in some gear and let's go do this or something. Yeah. Okay. So you're three so, days in and what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're every, all these nurses were confused. There was some nurses that were sitting for 18 days prior to me getting there and getting paid and getting paid and not a little bit of money. I mean, we were paid $10,000 a week, wow. 95, $95 an hour. And then everything after 40 hours was time and a half. Wow. Um, now we were working 12 hours a day, sure. you know, every single day. But not the days that we were sitting around. I just thought it was like a really misuse of the FEMA funds. Sure. Um, I felt guilty, to be honest with you. I'm like, God, this is not even right. If I'm going to leave my family and my kids, I want to get, get, get it done. Throw me in the fire. Let's do it. Right. right? You know? And then I felt bad because I'm sitting there and I'm not with my family these days. Right. So it was very mismanaged from the beginning. And so this you finally is like, get placed. Right? Yeah. And, and I think, um, I, yeah, so, and then I know you went through a little bit of training and, and I, I guess I think that would maybe even be concerning to people. Obviously you're qualified as a nurse, but the, 
you're you know possibly going to go or you ended up going into the the worst of the worst what the was called the epicenter of the epicenter in the entire world and yet your training on maybe covid was not spectacular is that fair to say yeah i mean that's pretty much everybody you know like <laughs> nobody knew what they were doing but i knew um, before going there, I watched Dr. Cameron Kyle Sadell mm-hmm. and he was, um, an emergency room, New York doctor. And he came out before this, like, you guys were doing it wrong. Like vents are not the answer. We're doing it wrong. And that was like, he was one of the first really whistleblowers. And I, I heard his words. I did the research and he was right. And like, when I got there, that is pretty much the only way that they were treating these patients is popping them on a vent. And in my video that I did, um, you can hear a doctor like saying like, nobody comes off of these vents. (laughs) The success rate is like 90 to a hundred percent of people die. And there, I would honestly say it was like 99%. What's so hard is you, you know, I, and I, I, Aaron, I don't even working with patients over the years and you know, this, and there, I think there's actually a book about this. It says, you know, the pill might be your problem, right? But when we're so hell bent on seeing it a particular way and you, you know, the way the events were promoted and things like that, especially early on, you know, to come against that, to, to even question that is made you makes you look to be like you want to hurt people right and so it's almost like you couldn't even fathom you know and so here's what i'm thinking people look at so look at they died even on event that's how bad COVID is well there's a possible other narrative right which is the the vent was part of making them worse you know you've had patients you've been you've been a nurse for a long time you've had patients i'm imagining that get put on a pill or a medication or a chemo and that makes them worse not better i mean that's 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 medicine many times right um so why was it so hard i think we all kind of asked this question like well then why were they doing it like why Aaron? why were they why were they doing this um somebody at the top and nobody ever can answer this question and you're not withholding you don't know you don't know who it is either you're just saying i mean right yeah yeah. no I, i really don't like i tried asking in the hospital you know, I need, I need to talk to somebody like who is in charge and nobody knew who was in charge. Like you couldn't, you could go to the, the, you know, nursing supervisor of the hospital and they're just like, that's the protocol. I'm like, but who's in charge of the protocol? Right. I mean, it was such a mess. Blind leading the blind, you know, <laughs> with lives at risk. Yeah. And then when you do that, then you're pegged as like a, a problem causer, you know, like you're the problem nurse. So there would be, and this will be in my book, um, like photos, I mean, of messages from our nurse leaders telling us to be quiet and stop asking questions or you'll be sent home. I saw the hospital so, that you worked in Elmhurst is um, requiring now all of their staff or, or nurses, I'm not sure, doctors to basically sign a, a statement, something like that, saying no, no problems here. Maybe you can articulate that better. Yeah, I actually have a friend there right now. Um, that's on our side (laughs) and she's giving me like real time up to date info. And so, yeah, that's what they're doing. They're having these nurses on all the floors, pretty much signing these, you know, documents saying all is good. Yeah. No problem here. We don't want another, another Aaron. 
out there, right? Well, um, there's um, one in there. Yeah. Well, what's uh, what <laughs> and, I, I, yeah. I think, Aaron, I think, and I know this question I asked you is, and I, and I feel, I think that's why I've always, you know, felt, you know, a kindred spirit with you is you did this for the people. Like, I feel so thankful to know what I know about uh, healthcare, right? And that's how my family yeah. and I live. I feel like I'm grateful to know about the vaccination. So like, there's a gratitude I have about that, that makes me really motivated, I almost feel an obligation to go share it with others, even at the risk for myself, right? Like why, people would say, Ben, why don't you just, why would it, why even associate, why even have Aaron on the show? People might think you're crazy. Or I'm like, I hope they do, right? I hope they think, I hope they start to think for themselves, right? Uh, we need to encourage people to ask questions. And so I know you, you, you could have just stayed home and taken your furlough and collected your check and be with your kids and go to the beach. My goodness, you live in a beautiful part of the world. Yeah, there's that thing in you, maybe the same thing that made you go into the military or, or nursing to start with. And it's this thing as, as doctors or, or nurses or anybody in healthcare, we're, we, we really feel called to care for the patient, right? And yeah. so when you started to see people being, and you use the word, so I don't think I'm putting it in your mouth, when you saw people being, being murdered, um, can you explain how you can say that statement? Yeah, I'm... Um... And I know it's hard to talk about you were in the, yeah. Yeah, it really is. And it's so crazy because like, I was like all they had, you know what I mean? The patient. Yeah, I get teary eyed just like yeah. talking about it because like, I'm thinking of these people that have no family in there. Because they weren't allowed to be in there, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, they're not allowed. And like, they're on, you know, they're ventilated, you know, they're in a coma essentially. The coma and, comes from the drugs that they have to give them to put the vent on, right? I mean, again, I don't yeah. think people understand this. It's not like, as you did this, many people, they, they got worse because of the care they were given, right? Yeah. And, and doped up and, and, and put into a you know, medically induced coma or drug induced coma and then vented. And then under this illusion, we're doing all we can. But there's, again, another story that so you're you're trying to contend and fight for these people. You know what's being done to them. The standard operating procedure is not what's in their best interest, I meaning the patient's best interest, yet you're sitting by their side, their only person for many of them, that the last person that they even saw. Um, yeah, and it's just, I mean, they're people, you know, like I had this little, little grandma and I was like, you know, fixing her hair every day and I just like stare at her face and just be like, I'm like, who, you know, what, what was your life like? Like, are you ever, are you even, you know, this is not a way anybody should have to die, you know, alone. And if I, it's just, it's just really sad. And that is my motivation. It's for these people that were taken advantage of by a system that doesn't care about them. So some of the big things that happened yeah. you had that I think are kind of mind blowing for people is people were you know, when, with all the scare around, I mean, right, don't touch anything without gloves and masks and all this kind of stuff. So you're in the hospital. Family can't even come in because it's so dangerous and we're all going to die of COVID. And I don't mean to talk light about that. But but yet somebody would come in um, and be put that didn't have COVID or, you know, I know they use different terms for this. And then they would be put in a person in a room with a person known with COVID. Correct. Is that that's I mean, unbelievable statement to say, but that's a correct statement. Yeah, that's a correct statement. And honestly, to this day, as of yesterday, they're still putting COVID rule outs with negative COVID people on the same floor. 
So logic, I mean, yeah, go ahead. still after all of this and it's blows my mind. I mean, it's literally, I don't know how else to even describe it. So when people uh, say, it, it's, why was it so bad in New York? Cause this seems to be almost like a, the world's question as it's gone on. Right. Um, yeah. Would your assessment be some combination of, you know, testing, you know, inaccuracies, uh, labeling things COVID that weren't that weren't ever tested positive as COVID and then creating more of a problem because of the protocols? Is that I mean, there may be some other things. Why was New York so bad in your opinion, Aaron? <sighs> I mean, the list goes on is mismanagement. You got liability free medical professionals, uh, residents, learn, doctors in learning, nurses that didn't know what they were doing, not enough supply. I mean, it was just mm. complete mismanagement. And like when I got there, it was like already after like the big, you know, rush pandemic. Like, I mean, it was, we had well more than enough staff. Mm. It, it was no different than a, a hospital here on a good day. Like we had enough staff, but the problem is everybody had this mindset and I'm not saying everybody. And I really want to make that like a big statement that not all nurses and not all doctors were bad, you know, right, right. but a lot of them were, and they were kind of careless and they got to the point where they became kind of just callous to the whole thing. Like, yeah, they're going to die anyway. And I, I, I couldn't accept that because like they all have their own story. Like this is not, this is not how people, this is not what people deserve to die. Not even cared about. I think about, you know, the, I can't even tell you how many people died in their rooms by uh, themselves. The, I think about the, 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 the millet, the veteran in you that, and I wasn't, I've always been, I just have, just for whatever reason, I have, you know, World War II vets and, you know, Vietnam vets in my family. And my uncle was a Marine, but I never personally, but I've always so much respect for military. And one of the things, all the books I've read over the years in this, like there's this, you know, you never leave a, a, a fellow man or woman behind. I mean, that the extraordinary measures that you guys go through to rescue even ones that were killed in combat, right? Like you will yeah. not leave that body. Like, even though there's no hope they're, they, you know, they were, but you will guys will go to get them. And I, I just can't, as I listen yeah. to your story, this spirit of you, like, but it's not okay. I don't care if she's 90 or nine, she deserves the dignity and the, and the love and, 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 you know, all those things and proper care. And if this, and Aaron, this is America. Like we like to hold ourselves out as, you know, top healthcare and all these resources. So I think people don't maybe understand, some people don't understand the difference between, you know, maybe a private type of hospital, maybe one more your, your regular day job is, you know, right? Um, in, in Florida. Right. And then why was Elmhurst different or why, again, why was it, how is that even allowed to happen, Aaron? I mean, you know, why is that so different? Or what's your take on that? I mean, that more of a community hospital or how they live it out? Um, I talked to the very last day they put me into the emergency room. They knew they were sending me home already, but I ended up, and I'm thankful that they did because I spoke with um, an emergency room nurse that was, that has been there for a really long time. Great nurse. But I asked her, I'm like, what happened? Like, how does this happen? Because everyone, you know, everyone comes through the emergency room. That's where you saw that doctor. She made a really viral video, mm -hmm. Dr. Colleen Smith from Elmer's Hospital. 
um, made a call like we need help, right? Um, but the problem with that hospital like was well before all this happened. And they just are not staffed adequate, adequately. And their nurse to patient re, uh, ratio, like ours is like, you know, in the emergency room, you'll have like one to, you know, one nurse to four or five patients on the floors. They'll maybe have, six, you know, one nurse to six patients. That's pretty common. Like here, they don't have any standards. So she's like, on a good day, I can have by myself, like 14 to 22 emergency room patients. So, and that's, that's outside of the pandemic, you know, so this hospital was already failing before this happened. So then add a pandemic into an already failing hospital. It's just asking for disaster. It's, it's just mismanagement, underfunding. Um, they're, they're, they, the nurses are, you know, it's unionized. And it seems like if any nurse speaks up, the union fires them. So, it, I mean, it, there's a lot There's a lot to the why, you know, this happens to, to that hospital. And it didn't happen, you know, where, where we are um, in Florida. Very different um, management, essentially. Aaron, what was a turning point for you? Like, like when did you kind of get an indication or know that, you know, things were maybe falling out of favor uh, for, for you there? And, you know, what, what did that look like for you? And how did you handle the first, it? Well, so I was sitting around for the, like three days and I had met um, three other nurses and we kind of hung out for those days. And we all got different assignments at different hospitals. And after, so we all went to work on the same day. And after we got back, we were like, we have text message together, like, oh my gosh, I have never seen anything like this in my entire life. Like it took me a shift to figure out like how absolutely awful this was. And, and they, they agreed. I mean, everybody had the same story and they were every, we were all in different hospitals. <laughs> so it, that was it. it. It doesn't take long for any nurse that's used to, you know, the, the standards of care to go in there and realize that nobody cares. I don't think and oh, yeah, it wasn't chaos. You know, it, it wasn't chaos. It was just mismanagement. It was we weren't overwhelmed with patients. Every room was full, but we had more than enough nurses. All right, I think that's a good time for us to take a break and let's give our listeners a breather and we'll come back even stronger on the flip side. You are listening to Design to Heal. Here we are back with Design to Heal and we've got Aaron Oshesky on the line here with Dr. Ben and I. And Ben, I know that you've got that sort of contemplative look on your face. Let's jump right back into you. And what are your thoughts, man? I think about when you people often ask, like, if it's, if it's, you know, if it's that bad, why don't people speak out? And I don't, you know, you've worked in, in healthcare for a long time and myself as well, more on the alternative side for myself. But, you know, and we were going back and forth a couple of weeks ago about, I don't think people, and there's a lot of studies on this, but you, you alluded to a little bit of it where people won't share because there is a very real risk of them losing their job. I was just talking to somebody today that works at a, a particular theme park in, um, in our area, in Orlando, and they were, they were giving very strict instructions recently about how they are able to engage in social media. 
right? And and people and they say, and by the way, if you if we find anybody doing anything other than what we said, you will not have a job here. And so, yeah. you know, and now add to this, this, this God complex that we give doctors. I'm just reading a, a book earlier from a, called Pharma by a guy, uh, Gerald Posner, who we had on the show. And he, he talked in there about, um, and this is an example of this. So, and, and Aaron, you can speak to this. So what's ironic, so um, doctors can prescribe things off label, right, at their, at their whim, Okay. Mm -hmm. And so what's so crazy, you think about all the study, you know, you hear all they got all this testing done. They have to show that it worked. They have to use, but for some reason, when we get into the hands of the doctor, um, since they are, you know, our second to God himself, they can do whatever they want. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we were talking, I was showing you some of that book that recently about all the, you know, medical errors and it was written by an MD. And she said, you know, so many times nurses know what's going on. They know how to help the patient. They know if it's not going well, but they're ignored or they're, um, they don't even speak up because they know that they're going to be at risk. And I think we, we foo-foo that sometimes because they think, oh no, but if it was that bad, they'd speak up. If there was really deaths happening, they'd speak up. And, and you were there, you saw it, unfortunately, you're rare, right? And, um, but Aaron, and I want you to speak about, but I also think it might be really interesting for our listeners. And if you're comfortable sharing this, you know, you do work in the hospital system. And I'd asked you earlier on Mm -hmm. air, if, if you still have your job and you're still employed and you said, Mm -hmm. yes, you are. And, and you, um, you know, they understood where you were and they know your video was, they've all seen it, the, the powers that be. And, you know, that you're still employed there and cause, and they're just wanted to make sure that everything you said was accurate. And so they have no grounds, um, you know, to fire you. I just find maybe for listeners, they might say, well, if this is just a crazy nurse and just, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, I mean, I know you get accused of a lot of things. And so, you know, it just, it, you know, you're used to that by now, but I think it would be valuable for our listeners to know, um, you can validate everything that you said. You have a team, you know, of attorneys that work with you and support you. I say a team, I mean, people that just are, are sensitive to the cause and want to be part of the solution. You're not, you know, there's, this isn't a game, right? You're just trying right. to get the truth out there. So I guess there was two questions there. One is just the, the, the culture that maybe would allow this to happen. And then number two, kind of where you're at with your, you know, current, you know, position and, and the support that you, you know, or some level of support you have from your, your, you know, powers that be. Yeah. Um, the culture, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you question the norm, it's even like when you're questioning vaccines, you are automatically dismissed because it's going against the grain. You know, you're quite, if, if somebody says something over and over, eventually people will believe it for, for instance, like with the vents, you know, we need to do the vents, the vents, like we need 30,000 of them. We, you know, and everybody thinks that that's how it's supposed to be. And they don't listen to other options because this is it, you know, it's, it's ego. A lot of this is ego and people just being unwilling to open their minds and really consider, you know, maybe, maybe we're doing it wrong. Matter of fact, you, and you have a little bit, I know it's a micro example, but you had COVID patients that you were taking care of in your hospital, right? Uh, in, in, in Florida. Mm -hmm. And you had, I, I believe I heard this on an interview. You, you didn't have any pass away. Is that, or am I close to accurate? While I was there, we didn't, um, they, they lost one patient who was an old, old, old man. Okay. That was a DNR, you know, so that is it. So, and and you, um, and you weren't putting everybody, I mean, it was a, so just for our patients, I mean, during the pandemic, when you were here in the worst of it down in Florida, you were, you're caring for people and you're doing, um, 
you know, different, somewhat different protocol, obviously different protocols with much better results. People were, you know, coming in with COVID and getting better and going home. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah. Well, we were using the hydroxychloroquine and zinc protocol. Um, and it was successful. And you weren't allowed to do that in New York. No. And that is what, so no, when I got there, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what do you mean? It was banned. And this is what's so crazy. So everybody in the hospital, her, you know, it was Governor Cuomo's executive order was liability free if anything happened, except if a doctor prescribed the hydroxychloroquine off label, then he would lose his, possibly lose his license, lose his job, get fired. Somebody can come in, not have COVID, get thrown in with COVID, drugged up, put on a vent and die. Don't worry about that. God forbid you come in and we give you some hydrochloroquine and some zinc and you might get better. That one you might lose your license for. But by the way, down in Florida and other states, they're treating it with that and people are walking out of the hospital well. That's quite concerning. Isn't that I I'm sorry, but the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. They're insane for doing what they did. They knew and I have it on tape that people were people were dying on the vents. It was the wrong thing to do, but they just kept doing it because that's just what they were told to do. It's just blows my mind. And they knew, it, it, and they honestly, knew there was I, essentially no consequences. I mean, people don't like this conversation because it's uncomfortable. But if yeah. think if people could realize this, it's the exact same thing with vaccinations, right? And this isn't the tone of today's conversation, or this isn't the point of today's conversation. But people that maybe are listening that don't realize that there is that a vaccination, you know, producers, vaccine makers are immune to to lawsuits. So it's just like this: I can kill somebody, and there's no repercussions on that. That is a wild level of freedom. I mean, Aaron, the the law, the rules of war, right? The rules of engagement in war. You guys have very strict standards about how you can engage, right? And if you do yeah. something, you know, without being provoked or I don't, you know, even if, even if you would have known that that would have saved lives, there's oftentimes you can't do what you need to do until you get right. I might not even know that world, but I've, is that a fair, is that an accurate statement? That's it's totally accurate. So here you are though. So, so that culture of that, so, you know, sure you try to speak up and, and you, I just, you're rare in that you are pushing this through, but you, there's a a lot of people know it's a mess. Is that fair to say? I mean, it is. Yeah. I mean, if, if people can't see that this is a mess, then I, then they have to look harder. I mean, it is clearly, everybody is dying. No, you walk into there and you are not walking out. And if you walk out, you're really lucky because (laughs) Well, the I think you shared one story, favorite. right? The only guy that I think the only guy you yeah. had walk out was a guy that came out of his, his kind of coma on his own and ripped a vent out and, and, and thank God didn't die. Yeah. Yeah. What I mean, a crazy story that is. <laughs> Honestly, Aaron, you, know, you got to oh, save sorry. your own life, I guess. If you're going to hey. get out of there. I, I just. Hey, let me ask you a question just because, yeah. you know, having gone through this, and I know that, you know, I, I think it was before the show. I don't know if this made it onto the audio capture or not, but, you know, we were talking about your book and, you know, you just said just your your name being out there that you're still kind of in shock that this is all just obviously three months ago. You didn't see this coming, right? This is kind of crazy. Um, tell me about this. Have the lawyers started coming at you yet or anything like that? I mean, have you started dealing with that kind of you know, aggravation or, or just any threats in the the medical community or anything like that? Um, nothing, I'm, nothing with the law, but um, I find it so crazy 
that like most of all my, all the hate and that is coming from medical professionals. Mm. You know, it's so weird um, because I have video. There's a lot of things that I didn't include in that, Mm. in that, you know, expose, I guess you could call it. Um, But I have a lot of audio recordings and video of like other nurses saying the same thing I'm saying and uh, multiple different nurses like this is so crazy like I can't believe this is happening like talking about like they're doing it wrong why are they mixing COVID with non-COVID why aren't they like doing alternative treatments when everybody's dying like why 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 and then I was shocked honestly that when I when I came out and I knew I was going to get a lot of hate but I did not expect it coming from my own profession because that's our job when you I remember there was a story that uh, you shared and and I think it happened multiple times but one of one of the things that was so concerning because I think none of us all of us that listen to these stories think man what if that was me or somebody that I loved Right. And, and a, a family member. And I remember you might even have said it, but a, a mentor of mine years ago had said that, like, you know how you feel about your, your own family, your kids and my kids and things. The minute you can start to feel that way about other people. Right. You're, you're getting close. Right. You know, when you can yeah. have that level of care. And so there was times and it's on video where um, the, the and I, I don't know all the language. But basically, they were supposed to, you know, you know, about talk about coding or DNRs. And they were actually saying, well, we can just change that. We know the family's wishes was this, but we're not going to do that. And um, can you talk through that example? I know I didn't articulate that well, but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, Yeah. This guy was my, he wasn't my patient that day. He was my patient the day before. So I knew, you know, his condition, but he, um, God, he had a full code, which means his family wanted us to do absolutely everything to save him. And if he needed to be resuscitated, we need to try. And that's that's what we do. You know, end of story. That's the right. The family has that right. That's that's a that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't just that's why I said to this doctor, I'm like, you know, they told us not to do anything. Your DNRs do not resuscitate. That's an order. So that either has to come from the family or you need in this type of situation, the COVID pandemic, you could have a two physician consent that any, you know, life-saving measures would be futile, but they didn't want to do that. They just told us nurses that if he decides to go, you're not going to do anything about it. (laughs) Like if that is not, murder in itself i don't know what is yeah. like yeah, you know yeah. you don't get to decide that you're not god you're not his family yeah and, and you, you it, it's just it's just absolutely horrifying to me Aaron, i know you and can't he was yeah he passed away obviously um yeah when you yeah. when you look at where this is going and and if we were going to do this you know show a year from now again and uh, where do you see I mean, we live in wild times, but where do you see this kind of going from as this expose keeps going and more truth keeps coming? You know, we, there's a lot of examples historically. We can look at the swine flu, you know, thing that happened and, and how history as things start to, you know, of course, there's the vaccine that they're pushing for. But I think as more and more comes out, we get on the other side of this or just more truth comes out. What do you, what do you, what do you predict is going to happen? And I know we can't hold you to it. Who knows? But I mean, 
families are obviously going to get upset and want restitution, right? Families are going to start to find out that was my dad that that happened to, and this isn't okay, mm-hmm. you know, regardless if the hospital had immunity or the pandemic laws and things like this. But do you think this is going to be a, a, a major black eye uh, to the to the medical response, particularly in New York? I mean, sure there's other areas in, other, in the country as well, and, and even the world. What's Where do you see this going? Or maybe a better question would be, where do you hope this goes? I mean, you didn't, I know you well enough to know you did not do this to get attention. Uh, if anything, I'm no. sure you'd much rather not have attention. Yeah. But if you need to be the one to take the arrows, I know you, you do that. Uh, you know, it's why you went yeah. in the military to start with. You, you do, you fight for others that can't fight for themselves. But mm-hmm. where do you kind of hope this goes or what would be a possible redeeming, you know, moment in all of this? Um, you know, you and I have been fighting for this for a really long time. time. And I think, and my hopes and dreams and everything is we need healthcare reform. We need a whole entire ethics division. We need a presidential round table to get nurses and doctors sitting up there and discussing this because it's been bad for a really long time. And this isn't just in New York, this is all over. And the government and needs to stay out of the doctor patient relationship. There's no reason that a guy at the top in a suit that has never stepped foot into one of these hospitals can be making decisions for, you know, these patients. Well, like how, how, you know, I was talking with somebody about like, how does a, how does it, and we'll get to find this stuff out later. How does a, a Cuomo, a governor Cuomo get to say, say that about hydro? Right. I mean, like how to, partly to your point, like what on earth is happening that you get to play. I remember I had a, a staff member one time who she was in nursing school, actually, and, and she actually ended up quitting nursing. But she said her teacher had said in, in her nursing education in college said, if you don't get your flu shot and you miss a class, your um, you will not be an excused absence because you didn't get the flu shot. And I thought, oh, my goodness, where does this professor get off, you know, practicing medicine without a license? Right. You don't get to <laughs> mandate that to your classmates or your, your students and then and then, you know, give them, you know, retribution because they don't do that. I mean, it was just it's just wild. But it's like it's gone on for so long, Aaron, that we don't even question it right oh that's what yeah. the, that's what the you know the powers that be said or that's just standard operating procedure well there's a lot of standard operating procedures that we've done that have hurt a lot of people over the years that need to be changed right like you're saying from healthcare reform i know you're calling for and, and others of course are calling for uh, an investigation into yeah. elmhurst and other hospitals and if you want to get mm-hmm. if, if the government wants to get involved get involved in that end right <laughs> get involved in investigating the the fraud or the or the you know malpractice whatever or, or whatever that term is yeah i mean it's it is fraud it is a scandal and you know these insurance companies the or the medicare and medicaid i mean that's a whole they're robbing taxpayers on top of all this um they're i mean it's it's just goes so deep and it really does need a federal investigation it really does and if they don't then I I don't know no. if I even want to be in this profession well, anymore. Well, no, Aaron, and, that, that's, and that's and as we kind of land this down, and I so appreciate your time and being on here and helping people. I might say that I was going to ask you this, and and just so our listeners know, um, when I talked to Aaron before and we were getting prepared, I said, "Is there anything off limits?" She said, uh, "I'm an open book," and she has 
willing to share whatever she can, you know, kind of love her, her hater. I don't want to put words in her mouth, but she's not really doing it for that. She's doing it because that, that thing we all feel in our gut where we fight for the underdog, we fight for those that can't, right? That's part of what we're called to do in healthcare, right? Is serve those that can't. Now I say that, and, and Aaron, I'm just curious your perspective, because I do want to give the listeners up. Here's the good news. Even in the midst of COVID, most people, when I say most, the science would say 99.5 plus percent of people did just fine. Right. And right. that's a, and that's a high number. My speculation is that number is going to continue to just get better. I know some people, so that's good news. Some people say that you know, they get freaked out. I think that's actually good news. One thing that, that yes, we need national healthcare reform and we need pharma reform, all those things and vaccination reform and all, you know, just good oversight. However, and as a nurse, as a practitioner, as a, as a mother, you know, and things like that, you can have healthcare reform right now for yourself. Right. Right. I mean, you know, you saw the people and I think we talked, I think I remember one of your interviews, the people that were coming in were certainly at some level were, um, um, and, uh, um, uh, you know, unhealthier, if that's fair to say, it's not all, yeah. but you know, so mm-hmm. maybe you're talking to our listeners and saying, Hey, don't just, you know, the best thing you can do is not end up in the hospital. Right. And right. the I best mean, way to do that definitely. is by caring for yourself and getting uh, yourself around doctors and, and nurses, you know, alternative doctors, whatever you want to say, you know, that help you promote your health, help you understand your own health. I mean, what's your take on that? I mean, don't take this the wrong way. I know you work in hospital. I hope I never see you in the hospital, right? I don't want to be there. Okay. Yeah. And because I know it's a dangerous place. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want my family to end up there. And so what can, what do you say to the patient out there, the Joe, you know, average, all of us, you know, knowing what you know, encouraging them to really take responsibility for their health. Oh gosh. Um, you know, health, you're not going to find health in a pill bottle. <laughs> you're not going to find it in a vaccine. And now many people may argue that that's not true, but it, it it's yeah. definitely true for, for us, for my family. Yeah. Um, but the, the pharmaceutical companies and, you know, the the pharma reps and all these people, they want you to buy their drugs. They want you to be on prescriptions because it makes them money. But you don't have to be on these if you, you know, take care of your health, like in your diet and exercise and keeping, you know, your, your spiritual side. I mean, there's so many different things that people can do and they really just got to turn off their TVs, you know, and, and really stop believing that, you know, it's the only way is, you know, the inside these hospitals getting these prescriptions over and over. They're just band-aiding their symptoms. You know, you really got to look to right to the root cause of the problem and fix that. And we always talk about, obviously this show is called Designed to Heal, right? It's important that we, we understand that when we know our body is designed to heal, then we're going to approach that differently, right? And so I, my car is not designed to heal. So when my car breaks down, that's going to require something different, but the body is designed to heal. And so that requires a different approach. So Aaron, the people that are listening and they want to support you, you have a book coming out. It will be out right around the 4th of July. Um, tell us just a little bit about that book, where it's at. Um, you said there's other pictures and documentation and interviews with attorneys. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot more than what we went into today. I know you've been on some of the national, you know, Fox and Friends 
fans and, you know, some of the national shows. And um, so how do they get that book? And then also, how do they support you? How do they follow you? How do, and I know you don't even like the statement of follow you. I just know you well. You're like, yeah. I don't even, it's not about following me, right? But how do we that aren't on the front lines in Elmhurst, you know, seeing that, how do we be helpful towards reform? How can we spread this message? Um, all right. Um, I guess I don't, the only thing I'm on is Facebook. It's just Erin Marie, (laughs) Okay. but I guess honestly to really help, um, would be probably to, you know, send this kind of stuff to your, you know, congressmen and the politicians that are around you. And you can send them my video. It's on, you know, YouTube. It's the undercover epicenters um, through journeyman pictures. Um, but if they can see that, if anybody can watch that and think that it is normal, then, it, you know, they, they should probably be voted out. But, yeah. um, you know, just this, this needs to be seen. And I think it will hopefully, you know, create a big enough ripple where, you know, it can in create the, the reform and make it more, popular to be ethical and you know do amazing the right you thing have to say, yeah i mean i i amazing that they have to incentivize ethics right um <laughs> yeah. and and you know this idea the hippocratic oath and healthcare one you took one i took right which says you know to do no harm i don't know yeah. if i don't know if we could have gotten much farther away from that at the at the hand of profits and you know and and it's and it's not okay and we, we need people like you, you know, out there. And then our job is, of course, to come around and support you and, and not just say, you know, that sounds crazy or that's unbelievable or they wouldn't do that. That, that kind of placating just allow, or, or really just it allows this just to continue. And, you know, I think if anything, this pandemic, if you will, only exposed where a lot of things are at, you know, and, and we need to do our part, whether that's just caring for our own family's health in our home the best that we can and, and getting ourselves knowledgeable, but not just being a sheep, right? And I know that's a, a term that almost is, you know, some people don't like that term, but we really got to move past just handing our health over, you know, to, to somebody else. And we're just so thankful, Aaron, that you um, are doing what you're doing. I know you're not alone, and I know there's many, 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 many more behind you that um, are, are encouraging you, and, and we want to do our part. We thank you so much for having, uh, having for being on the show today. Um, thank you so much, Dr. Ben, like, for having me and, you know, just giving me a little bit more time to, to share, you know, kind of the inside of my, my why, but my why is for the patients and their families that deserve to know. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to support the show, give us a five-star review and share it with your tribe. To learn more about Dr. Ben's work, visit AchieveWellness.clinic.